0: This is the millennial millionaire through real estate podcast.
1: I pulled him aside. He's like, why does this stuff always happen to me? I said, that right there is why it always happens. Because you say it always happens. Mm. He said, this is, I said, would you classify this as the worst week of your life? He says, without a doubt, because of what he was going through. I said, Mm now stop right there. Do you know anybody who complains about life? Do you know anybody in your life? Do you hang around people who say how bad their life is? He's like, Everybody, I said that's your problem, dude.
2: You're listening to the Millennial
0: Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real
2: estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business.
0: What's up, guys? This is Jonathan Farber, host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. This show is all about achieving financial freedom as fast as possible so you can do whatever makes you happy in life. For me, that vehicle was real estate and it's how I achieved financial freedom at 27. If you wanna know how I got started, my journey is presented in a YouTube video posted in the show notes and I post daily in our private Facebook group about my favorite topics and day-to-day strategies. I appreciate you guys being here and let's get started. Oh, by the way, reach out if you ever need help. I try to keep my calendar open to talk to anyone that needs it or has any quick questions. See you guys guys. Talk to you later. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Road Destinations, the smartest short-term rental property management group I know, and the group that manages my properties. This is a company that's very close to my heart, run by two of the smartest, most attentive people I know, Claire Rosenberg and Alex Brashears. Claire and I first met when we worked together at NetApp, where she was a top performer and rose crazy fast in the company. And Alex is just one of the most active, genuine people I know in the real estate space. The two of them together bring a blended background of project management, software design, and extensive experience with automation tools and virtual assistants. Through these experiences, they optimize any property to deliver a hands-off experience to owners while delivering the highest occupancy and highest daily rates possible. You guys know I would not recommend anything to anyone in this group that I do not fully endorse or think that is the absolute best product. And this company is that. And like I said before, this is the exact company and people that manage my Airbnbs. If you don't believe me, here are a few of the other tools and services that come along with the team. Listing optimization, guest support and approval, communication and reservations, key exchange and management, dynamic pricing, welcome kit creation, listing, advertising, and marketing, vendor management, including cleaners, maintenance, handymen, runners, and monthly property reports. To learn more, check out shorttermmadeeasy.com or email info at shorttermmadeeasy.com. And on the form, just mention that you heard it here or mention my name. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose and they offer a satisfaction guarantee. And I assure you guys, you will not be disappointed. What's going on, guys? Today we have an incredible episode with Jason Porter. Jason is a single family tax lien and resort developer who has just done a ton of stuff. He's based in Las Vegas, but just got started in the 90s. He's done hundreds of deals. Um, He's a bestseller. And just has a great delivery and message of how he kind of gets the word out. He's an amazing speaker too. So we just have a lot of stories on this show and kind of go through how he overcame some early challenges in life, how he got into building. He, I mean, uh, just just so many things, but there's so many good takeaways from this. And um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. It was a ton of laughs. He's just very light and fun-hearted, but also has been extremely successful in business and uh, just lives life on his own terms. So really cool show in that sense the main learning I had from this show is just mindset, but not like in the BS way of like, you know, think it into existence, but take action obviously behind it. But he, he, puts words to mindset the way that I really think about it. And um, I know it's tough for some people to hear and kind of understanding like the difference between either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset or a rich mindset or a poor mindset, but he just has such a great way of delivering how he went from being in a bad place and having the wrong mindset to then leveling up and start doing these incredible deals. So it's really inspirational and definitely tactical too. Um, Today's tangible tip kind of based on that is just change your circle like one degree at a time. I know some people say just like cut your family and friends. um, Easier said than done. But in a lot of ways, you can just start to make very small changes or spend a little bit more time with people you admire and a little less with the people that you don't. And what I want you to do as a tactical action today is to think about someone who is doing what you want to do. And then write down five ways that you could bring this person value. And I'll give you a couple little jump off points. It could be sharing their content, it could be introducing them to the people. It could be sending them deals or offering to try to find deals for them. It could be trying to cold call for them to raise money or find deals. But think about a couple of ways that you could try to or manage someone's social media. There, There's so many, but just think about who you want to get around and how you can bring them value. And even if you don't get that person, you might get someone near them or a friend of theirs or just have the chance to talk to them and get connected. And you you never know what it could do to just start to improve your surroundings. And that's really just the focus. If you can get around better people, better environment, it doesn't matter if we think about how to find your first deal or your next multifamily, it will just come as a reflection of you being around these type of people and environment. So really powerful show today with Jason Porter. Um, please enjoy, guys. See you later. All right, Jason, what is going on, man? Welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. How are you?
1: I'm excited. Excited to be here. This is fun.
0: Yeah, it is, man. And we were just having a very good catch up just about life outside of real estate before we hit the button here. But uh, you're taking this call from a golf, old golf course, but also now yeah, pickleball my... facility, just a good club, a... At the bar, just hanging out.
1: Yeah, I'm just hanging out at the, the, the bar, uh, happy, uh, waiting for happy hour at 5 p.m. <laughs>
0: You got to just fill the day before then, you know? So it's like, what can we do today, man? But um, I got to segue back to real estate investing a little bit, man, because you have the freedom to do that because you've done a lot of stuff and you've built a lot of things and businesses. And just, I think it's stuff that, you know, we're excited to dig into. So from a high we'll get to the fun stuff again we'll try to come full circle on it but from a high level can you catch us up on how you got into real estate and then also kind of from a high level where you grew it to or what it turned into kind of at its peak or kind of even what what you do with it today um if you're still active but from a high level how you started and what it turned into
1: all right um what started this all is i have mad add and i when i was a kid they didn't call it ADD. They just called you a bad kid. And we didn't have medication. You just freaking dealt with it. And, um, and, you know, your parents would hold you back occasionally from, from moving forward a grade, but it really wasn't a diagnosis. And I give thanks for ADD dyslexic as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I've never been diagnosed with dyslexia, I have been ADD. I won't let myself get diagnosed with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really struggled reading. I, I struggled reading, still do. I have almost zero um, retention when I read. That's my, the form of dyslexia I think I have. But that caused me to to watch things because I, I couldn't retain if I read. If I see a movie, if I see a scene, I, I remember it forever. Well, I'm watching TV. I'm, I started framing houses at the summer that I turned 13. So I was 12 when I started, 13 shortly after. And My folks had split. Mom needed extra money. I wanted money. And my brother was a foreman on a framing crew and he lied. I was a big kid. Uh, Mm. uh, He lied to the general contractor, told him I was 16. And the general contractor agreed to pay me cash under the table. So I started swinging a hammer when I was really, really young.
2: Mm. And I've been around
1: construction my whole life. So I've poured slabs, poured footings, foundations. I've, you know, stick framed. I don't know how many things. The only thing I don't really do is plumbing and electrical and you know HVAC because if it'll kill you, I don't want to do it, right? <laughs> but but I I can do everything else, and I just have done it for a long time, Pay my way through college that way. Got married young, mm-hmm. got married uh, 22, had a kid uh, at 23, nine months and 16 days after the wedding. Um, so uh, it, it was just bam right into life, and I I'm a voracious watcher. Not, uh, not a reader. Audibles changed my life because I have very good retention if I hear things. If I see things, it's almost photographic, I don't forget it. Um, but that's a skill you develop when, you're, when you have some learning disabilities because you, you have to, right? So in college, for example, I would, I'd pull straight A's from professors who would test off of their lecture. But if they tested off of the book, I would drop the class within the first two weeks and then go get a different professor because I couldn't pass the class. I, I, I just couldn't do it. Anyway, I'm, I'm feeling like a failure as a husband. Uh, my wife and I have a baby. Her parents live with us in a two bedroom basement apartment. I'm paying five fifty dollars a month rent and I've got another baby coming and it pissed me off, man. Mm. I, 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 I knew I was making somebody else rich. And I was keeping my family poor. So I'm going to say something for your audience that hurts, okay? Poor people rent, rich people own. If you're renting, you're living a poor life. Stop it, okay? So this is something that's been in me for a very long time. I never wanted to be a renter because I knew I'd be making somebody else rich now there's caveats to that if you want to keep your cash and invest it and and uh and rent and stay liquid if i were a young single dude again i would mm-hmm. definitely rent and just invest all my cash and, and you know there's caveats to that but i was a family guy very early in life and i was making some landlord rich and it was just pissed me off
2: mm-hmm. i
1: knew i needed a bigger place because my wife's parents she's from samoa her parents lived with us for 19 years i needed a place where my in-laws could be comfortable i needed a place for a second kid and I couldn't afford the rent, man. I just couldn't, I couldn't afford the rent.
2: Mm. So
1: I'm watching TV voraciously because uh, I, I, I watch stuff. Um, I don't sleep a ton. And Carlton Sheets, and you're young enough, you won't remember that name. I know the name, Carlton though. Sheets. I look back because a lot of people seriously? have
0: said it. I mean, I, I didn't see you, the real stuff, but enough people have said it. I had to understand what it was, man. The infomercial. Oh, my gosh.
1: That is so impressive, man. Tick. One for you. That is awesome. So anyway, Carlton Sheets comes on and he's he's telling me in an infomercial that if I could just uh, that I could get property for no money down, and I knew um, if anybody needed a property for no money down, it was this guy right here. So I needed his course, and he became my first mentor. And I, I believe in mentors. Now he doesn't know me; I've never met him. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. But I got his course, and I'm gonna I, I want to tell you about law of attraction. I talk too much, so you cut me off anytime.
0: I'll just keep going.
1: Okay. So the law of attraction is real, guys. What you think about, you get. You think about food, you get hungry. You think about sleep, you get tired. You think about sex, you get horny. You think about real estate, you get real estate. That's just the reality. That's why putting your brain into podcasts about real estate is wise. So, I'm thinking about real estate. I'm thinking about Carlton Sheets course. I can't afford to buy it. It's like 187 bucks. And I had three credit cards at the time with a $500 limit on each card. And all of them were overdrawn. That's how broke we were. We were on WIC government assistance. So the government paid for my child's milk, egg, and cheese. Mm -hmm. We were broke. I I was a full-time student, a part-time framer and I wanted a house and how stupid is that? Right. Most people would say, well, finish college, get a house, you know, get a good job, save, 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 then get a house. I hadn't finished college. I didn't have any money. And this guy was telling me I could get a house for free. So that went into my mind that went into my universe. And I was at a place called Deseret industries in Provo, Utah, shopping for my son's clothes. That's how broke we were. That's Deseret Industries is Salvation Army or Goodwill. Yeah. So I'm in there. And something said, check the bookshelf and see if there's something from Carlton Sheets there. Yeah. So I went over to the book. I've never bought a book, right? Because I, I had never bought a book because I didn't read well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go over to the bookshelf to for what I don't know. And on the shelf for five bucks is the CD set from Carlton Sheets. And that changed my life, man. That put me on a different trajectory. That one thought of I need to buy a house for free manifested in the form of a $5 course that was missing two cassettes. And I believed if God had blessed me with the cassette course for five bucks, I didn't need those two cassettes. They must have sucked. So so I just listened to those cassettes while I was framing houses on a Walkman. That's how old I am. So I was framing houses, listening to this thing on a Walkman. And uh, within 90 days, we found our first house, zero money down and made 7,940 uh, 7, bucks in my first deal and um, changed my life. I quit school, and never graduated.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. There's, I mean, there's so much here. Just I made more, like... I, yeah, I made more
1: money in my first year than my professors.
0: So, so for you, I mean, it sounds like it developed, but like, I, I have kind of a funny saying of like, for most, for a lot of people, the, the first step of learning is unlearning. But, you know, unless you get off to a really good start and you get a lot of these kind of thoughts implanted, but it sounds like for you, you were able to kind of develop them. And then it really took off and changed. And you kind of just had like a, I'm thinking of like, um, think and grow rich. Like you had the burning desire. You just needed to plan. You needed kind of the the tactics or kind of like the guidance to get it. But did that develop or did someone, did you have any like mentors early on that were telling you that? Because again, now we're getting into I- like that world and a lot of people kind of go back and forth on it of like how do you get started who guides you if you don't have natural connections
1: well thank you um i got lucky um i did a lot of drugs as a kid started using when i was 12 because i started making money and uh when you're 12 and you can buy the, the the goods for the party people like you and um so i got into a lot of drug problems and i I went to my parents who were oblivious to it because of what they were going through um, in their personal lives. And I, the great parents, I was very blessed. But I went to them and I said, hey, um, you know, I need help. And my dad sent me to Brazil to live with a friend of his. And it, sometimes what we need is to get away from people who don't make us better. Mm. You, you need permission to fire friends, just, you're gone. Mm. If they don't edify, spend less time with them. If you show me the five people you spend the most time with, I will tell you how much money you make within $10,000 a year. Mm, that's so good. Just You, you just got to change who you're hanging around. And I went to Brazil where I didn't speak English, so or I didn't speak Portuguese. So, so I didn't, if somebody could have been offering me anything and I wouldn't have known what it was, I was scared to death, <clears throat> but I was given an opportunity to decide what kind of kid do I want to be now? Do I want to be that kid who does drugs or do I want to be somebody different? I decided, hey, nobody here knows me. So I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be the student body president. I'm gonna be, you know, the the star athlete, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy because I wasn't back home. So, um, I mean, I was a good athlete and uh, people liked me, but it it gave me an opportunity to just decide who I wanted to be. And I was living in a home of a different family. And when you're 16, you watch everything an adult does, especially when you're scared, because I'm Mm. a long way away from my parents. My dad said, dry out, get fixed, come back after it's all better or don't come back and i was scared the guy i lived with had retired at the age of i think 46 or 47 and was a real estate investor mm. he didn't he didn't call himself that he was he, what he called himself was a well digger he did, he drilled wells in the phoenix arizona valley for water wow. so an alfalfa farmer would pay him to dig a well so he could irrigate and sprinkle his His alfalfa crop and Duke Cowley, um, Cowley Company is one of the largest investors of real estate in the Phoenix Valley. Um, I was blessed to live in the Duke Cowley household and I just saw the way he thought. And um, I would ask him because, as you know, they had gas stations. Who has gas stations? Well, he didn't run the gas station, he just owned the he owned the, the land and the building, and he rented it to somebody who operated the gas station. He had a, a pizza hut. Well, he didn't own the pizza hut. He wasn't a franchisee. He just owned the, the land, the building, and, and pizza hut was in it. And You know, I just started learning and thinking, man, he, he's 46 or 47, doing what he wants to do, living with his family in Brazil. He was a full-time missionary for my church, and um, I didn't believe in God or anything, but I was just watching watching him. And uh, it was a fascinating thing. They had, they had money. My mm-hmm. dad had to go to work every day. They had assets, but he didn't call them that. What he'd do is he'd, he'd drill and then he would, he would get land in trade. So I'll drill to your well, you give me 100 acres, you give me 10 acres. Well, 10 acres of desert is worth at the time, you know, 100, 500, 1,000 bucks an acre. 10 acres of wet land, of irrigated land, was worth 10 times that. So he was building wealth in trade. And today they own so much land that they do deals with Bill Gates directly and and their extremely wealthy family. And I'm just blessed to have known them and and, and other good families Mm -hmm. that that were around, but I, I I think because I'm wired a little differently, I look at things maybe a little more intensely than other people do, just because I I have to try to figure it out. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So so yeah. anyway, being around the Cowley family changed me, man, and and uh, put the seed in me. My dad never invested in anything other than the house he lived in.
0: Oh man, I have so many thoughts here. Um one, it I mean, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but I, I even think about it in my own life. It it really almost reminds me of like kind of the the epitome of like rich dad, poor dad, even the sense of just like learning a mindset, learning activities, and then kind of just like, even I'm curious to hear your comment on this, but like, I didn't, I got really big into personal development. I wasn't sure what my platform was going to be, but I just started reading and learning and talking to people and, you know, learning about, the mindset of it. And then, you know, for a while, then I would see so many people teaching about mindset and charging a lot of money for it. And, you know, it's, it's a murky industry as far as the education goes. And there's some good, there's some bad, but then it really hit me now that like, it really is that mindset thing. And I didn't realize it until I spoke to friends who really did have a poor mindset. And then I realized like that now I really get it. Like the fact that they just don't, think it is possible to do this thing. It's so cliche. It's like that Henry Ford quote, quote, but like that is it. They just don't think it's possible, but I feel like it's so yeah. possible. You feel like it's so possible and then you can do it because you have the confidence you around the right people.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Jack Canfield has been a mentor of mine for t- two years. Um, $24,000 I spent on my trip on a weekend with Jack. Like his, his fee was, I don't, I don't even remember. It was, it was, when I looked at everything I spent on that week, it was around twenty-four grand. I would tell you that I made that back in a week. Wow. So, Jack Canfield, the most important business book for me is uh, is the Success Principles. Phenomenal mindset, but it's also business related, which is, I get it. My game in life isn't pickleball, which I'm going to go play as soon as we're done. I love it. But my game is business. I love to make money. I love to figure out how to, how to win. And um, anyway, Jack is a big part of that. And I'll tell you this, um, a real quick story on a, of doing a flip in Indiana right now, I bought a, a re- retirement recreation center for 45 grand, 2,500 square feet, for 45 grand. The answer is yes, I'll buy that. And it was zero load bearing walls. So it's truss span from outside wall to outside wall, nothing in the middle. People would just go and play bridge. And I'm converting that into a two a duplex, a four three a four two and a three two uh, target on that will be a little over two hundred thousand. And so this opportunity came my way, and I flew out to Indiana, or I drove out to Indiana with my son in law to to you know kind of get our hands on it and, and open up the building and just do the demo myself. I don't always do that, but I just had the time and I like to do it. And so I went out there and did the demo and um, it's it was horrible, every everything was rotten, and I had already walked the property and it seemed solid to me. I'd already gotten a crawl space and the part of the crawl space I got in had been refreshed, um, but it was horrible. It was horrible, so I needed to stay there and do some of the work myself. Otherwise, the budget was going to go off the roof, and um, I have the skill set, so I needed to find some laborers. And there was a kid who was ripping out his catalytic converter on his car to sell the catalytic converter for money. Uh He has a meth habit. He, he has a meth habit, Um, but he, he needed money and it wasn't for meth. I asked him, what do you need money for? Uh, He came and asked if he could use some tools to rip out his catalytic converter. The car was a piece of crap. So that was the, that was what he could scrap and get the most money. It was actually more valuable than his car. It tells you how bad the car was. Wow. I said, what do you need money for? He said, I, I, uh, I knocked up my old lady. I said, mm. first of all, if you call her an old lady, that's all she'll ever be to you. If you want a princess refer to the woman, that's going to bear your child as your princess, your queen and show respect. If you want, if you want to be in a, in a life relationship with your mother, call her your old lady.
2: And he's looking at me like,
1: I don't know you, dude. I just want to borrow a rent.
2: <laughs> and I'm like,
1: but hey, if you're going to hang around me, you're going to, I'm going to drop whatever nuggets I believe in. And I'm, you know, I had a major transformation. I'm a very, very I'm a Christian man. I have been sober for a long time since Brazil. And the fact of the matter is I actually believe the stuff I spew. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you, take it or not. And if you don't, that's cool. I don't, you, you don't have to agree with me for me to love you. hmm Um, So anyway, I said, uh, you need money, right? I said, how much are you going to get from that catalytic converter? He's like, well, this much. I said, and then what are you going to do for a car to go make more money? And he said, well, uh, I don't know. I'll have to figure that out later. I said, tell you what, I need a laborer on this job here right now. Mm. And I will pay you you $1,000 for the week. If you work, you show up every day at this time sober and you work until this time sober. And I'll give you $1,000 at the end of the week. And his eyes were this big. He actually started crying. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And I said, okay, great. And he he rolled in a couple of days late during the week. And um, you know, I bit him pretty hard. And I'm like, dude, you got an opportunity here. When was the last time you made $1,000 in a week? And he's like, never. Um, he was feeling pretty down about things towards the end of the week. And I had a conversation with him. And, you know, he's got a baby coming, his partner is a meth addict, like he is, so she's using meth and heroin, and he wants to have a healthy baby, and he's just, he's in a bad place, man, and I just, I pulled him aside, he's like, why does this stuff always happen to me, I said, that right there is why it always happens, because you say it always happens.
2: Mm.
1: I, said, this is, I said, would you classify this as the worst week of your life? He says, without a doubt, because of what he was going through. I said, mm-hmm. now stop right there. Do you know anybody who complains about life? Do you know anybody in your life? Do you hang around people who say how bad their life is? He's like, everybody. I said, that's your problem, dude. You've been around me and my, my son-in-law for a week now. Have we ever complained about anything? I bought a property and everything in the subfloor is rotten. I'm $30,000 over budget on this thing if I pay somebody else to do it. That's why I'm here. Have you heard me complain? Oh, I'm going to make a ton of money on this house. Mm. I'm going to, everything's going to go wrong and I'm still going to make 40 or 50 grand. Come on. This is awesome. God is good. Life is good choose to look at the, the bright side of life. I said, you told me earlier in the week, you've never made a thousand dollars during the worst week of your life. Some guy out of the blue decided to give you a thousand dollars. If you'd work there, how is this not the best week of your life? Mm. And he just, it really hit him. And he's like, I'd never thought about that. Way. And I grabbed a glass. Hold on. I'm going to show you one. Sure. I got one right here. Cause I'm actually in the bar. So <laughs> i can. I can go behind the bar and get a glass. Okay, so there's a glass and yep. nothing in it, right? Is, mm-hmm. that glass, is that glass half empty? Is it completely empty or is it half full? Is it completely full? Right it now? Depends on what you, it's uh-huh. 100% full. Mm-hmm. That is 100% full of air. The glass is always full, dude. It's either full of water mm. or it's full of air, but it's freaking full. So why would I ever focus on what I don't want? Look, if you focus on what you don't want, you will get it. If you focus on what you want, you'll get it. And the Bible is replete with this, right? Asking you shall receive as a man thinketh, so is he. And it works for women too. Um, (laughs) the the fact is, is it's just good, it's just universal truth, right? Thought is energy. Energy flows to like matter, like matter seeks like matter. So if you're thinking positive thoughts, positive thoughts are going to come your way, and positive thoughts are attached to positive people.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: anybody listening to this, if you don't if you don't know how to get started, it starts with thinking about it. Because you can't you cannot not get what you think about. So mind your thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me ask you this regarding. I think it's such an important topic for me, you know, like at the beginning, I was, uh, I, I was down the path. I had motivation from like family and personal stuff. I wasn't always like this. I was definitely very different in my earlier years, high school, college, maybe not as full blown or not as, not as intense. as kind of your experience, but was definitely not on the right path and uh, it changed. And then as I got further into it, yeah, like being around the right people and joining masterminds and running a mastermind and having a coach just, have, has had such an impact and like again the people that just hang out and do drugs and talk about nothing they stay that and the people that are lifting each other up it's great competition it's boosting each other it's just helping each other so what would your any any tactical advice for someone who maybe is listening to this and they're like I I don't feel good about my circle I don't feel good about my friends I don't feel good about my mentors but I I didn't come from money I didn't come from lucky sperm I just I'm here and I need to now figure out how to get around the right people. Forget finding your first deal. Like Again, this episode, it's, it's, I don't think it's about that. It's about just getting around the right people that then you will find your deal. You will find your real estate if you're around the right people. But how do you level up your circle? I need, how would you go about doing it if you were kind of starting over or just the person listening, not having any natural born connections?
1: Okay, I'm asked this quite a lot, right? So I wrote a book, Real Good Deeds, talking about the social implications of... Of investing in real estate. I'm a tax deed investor in a big way. And I'm a coach and a mentor to people who honestly pay me to work with them on a weekly basis. So Mm -hmm. I get asked from people who can't afford me. I get asked a lot of people from a lot of people who say, "Um, well, how do I get started if I can't get a mentor like you? And I say, "Um, go give time at a soup kitchen. Go to church, change your clubs, quit going to the gym that has the young, hip, cool kids and go to the gym that has the old freaking farts that can be there at three in the afternoon. You know, the ones that shower naked and walk around proud of it. (laughs) If they're there at 3 p.m., what does that tell you? They can afford to be there at 3 Mm. p.m. You know what I mean? So change your environment. If you donate time at a soup kitchen, you're going to be ladling up soup. One, you're doing good and that feels good, pays you. And two, you're ladling soup next to somebody else who can donate time. If they can donate time, they have money. Mm-hmm. Rich rich people give far more than, than, than the middle class and below. If you just look at the charitable giving of rich people, it is far more because there's tax benefits associated with it. There's also guilt as we become wealthy, we feel bad about other people who don't have what we have. So we, we create charities, we give, you give money away and, and, and it's, it's, imp- money doesn't satiate the feeling of, oh, gosh, I'm still a dick. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Can I say that on your podcast? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay. you're good. So if, if you're, if you're still a jerk, giving more money away doesn't get rid of your jerkness. You, you got to figure some There's Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? The top tier of that is self-actualization. Self-actualization means eventually you got to feel good about yourself. And, and to feel good about yourself, you got you to give away. The stuff that we're working so hard to, to create, I can't put in the grave with me. It's not going where I'm going. Mm. So I got to figure out how to give it away. So right now, those of you who don't have a a group of people you can afford to be mentored by change clubs work out at a different gym change times that you go to the same gym right um Mm -hmm. figure out how to be around people who give go to the pta meetings if you're a parent because the parents there are donating their time if they're donating their time you don't have a two-parent working environment You have a one-parent working environment. Somebody's donating their time. If they have a one-parent working environment, that parent that's working has got to be making some cabbage. Figure out what they do. Hang around Mm -hmm. it. So think outside the box, okay? There is always wealth around you. The universe is a wealthy environment. There's always wealth around you. You probably have a dentist who makes more money than you, a doctor who makes more money than you, a pastor who makes more money than you, so if this is my sphere of influence, I've got a little circle of influence, the people that I've grew up with and I'm comfortable with, I don't want to get rid of them because then that would make me a jerk, a sellout.
2: Hmm. What I want to do is
1: just add more people to my sphere. And then I'm going to spend consciously more positive time with the people who can take me where I want to go. It doesn't mean I get rid of the people who brought me to where I am today. It just means that, that when I say fire them, uh, yeah. Occasionally you got, got to get rid, completely rid of toxic people, but generally we just, we just start including more people, right? We include more people. If you, if you don't have a golf buddy who occasionally shouts your round you know what I mean? Sh- who pays for your round, just change golf buddies, man, shout them and they're going to shout you. Right? So, so the ones I don't want to hang around are the ones at the, uh, at, at the, at the turn, when you order your your food or drink or over there going hey i'm hold on let me get my calculator you owe me uh and they're figuring it out to the penny man screw you i don't need to hang around you you're not a generous person if you're not generous you don't have money <laughs> oh this is so good man seriously like so, <laughs> uh,
0: this is so good and man what i'm hearing a lot of it is these are these are things that are that are solvable if you kind of have the attitude of i'm going to find an answer and okay like just i'm realizing this but then there's a course to change and take action and it's just you <laughs> will be lifted up like even right now we're in the very early stages of starting a company it's just five people or so that have kind of come together and the first thing we're thinking about is our core values you know if this is people we do business with if this is new hires if these are contractors Um, what, what are the main things that matter most to us? And the, the result is not near the top, you know, it's more or less a lean in attitude, the way they treat people, how they communicate, things like that. And just making sure that one, like there are people that we are going to be pushing each other and lifting each other up positively. And like, I made the mistake a lot of times. I think of just going with someone because they had creative genius or they, had a lot of skill, but they didn't play well with others. And they were just brutal to be around and communicate with. And, you know, I had to learn it. And it's just funny because I'm hearing a lot of that and what you're saying that you just can't do it when you're around the wrong
1: people. No, no, you, you can't. And man, I love you millennials. I got to tell you that. Uh, I'm an old dude. I got seven grandkids, right? I'm 55. So I, I I don't feel like I'm old, but I've got kids that are probably your age, right? My oldest is 33 He's at the gym with me right now, but his kids down. And I will tell you something every parent should be able to say. My kids are better than me. And you hear, you hear people my age bagging on millennials all day long. Mm. We need to knock, we need to knock that off. You guys are better than me because when I got into business, it was greed. It was the eighties. It was all about how can I get from me? And um, there's a reason I wrote a book about the social importance of real estate. Eventually it lost its savor, man. It, mm. it just, chasing the buck isn't, isn't all that. I don't need a lot to live my life anymore. I've been blessed and, and you know I don't need a lot to live my life. And, and actually having more doesn't always make me more happy. Mm-hmm. So I love that you and your peers first look at quality of life quality of impact Mm. before you look at outcome and that is a uniquely millennial mindset that you guys should never lose because the world is better for it I think you've you've grown up around people who are on that greed spectrum and 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 greed is good to a to a degree sure because we can't we can't help people if we don't take care of ourselves first Um, but to build a business from ground zero thinking about your last days in that business is freaking weird and awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. So congratulations.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's that. funny. Like I joke with even our group too, is like, I, I want us to be kind of a balance between, you know, like, like uh Atlas shrugged, but also how to win friends and influence people. Like I want us to all achieve, but I, you know, like it's only fun if you're laughing with the people you're around and it's positive peer pressure and it's good people and it's not you know just the bullshit so um that that's really cool so jason i realized we, we kind of just jumped like straight in and this is amazing stuff like this is just just really cool stuff but i do want the audience to kind of have a context of what this basically mindset and base kind of led to in your business so can you kind of just from a high level bring us up to speed on what what your business developed into and then what you focused on kind of you know as it as it grew
1: Yeah. I have, and still today focus on mainly two things. Okay. Uh, Number one, single family residential. That's what I'm good at. It brings me joy to put a low income, uh, lower income individual into their own home. So I don't do multifamily. I don't get the joy out of it. I have, I don't love it. I like to see a, 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 single family moving into a single family home that they can afford so I have done that from the very beginning and that is that is bread and butter so I'm building a duplex right now but the exit strategy on the duplex is to sell it to a me a, a middle income and below individual who can buy it because it's got a unit attached that they can rent and basically live free Mm. So, so it'll bring me some joy. I'll also make a bunch of money, but it'll bring me some joy when I get a family in there who, who gets the real estate mindset of saying, Hey, I've got a rental unit attached to my house. The rental unit will pay for my, my mortgage. And that's why I did that deal. But the first thing I do, or the, the main thing I do is single family residential.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: the, the second thing that I do is sexy dirt. And there is, if you look at an auction of tax liens and tax deeds, 50 to 90% of it will be empty lots, just dirt, no house, no structure. And I figured out through my mentors over the years, how to monetize that dirt. And I'll give you an example. I buy, I buy a lot for, well, I just bought one for $1,200.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's in a great neighborhood. They're still building homes in the neighborhood. The house House on either side is 150, 180. Uh, it's in Florida. This is a quarter acre in between two nice houses. Uh, I bought that for $1,200 of back taxes, sold it for 12 grand to a Haitian family who wants to build on it when they can pay it off. But banks don't lend on dirt. Mm-hmm. So I switched mindset for cash flow instead of rentals. I do a contract for deed for the dirt. So I sold them the, the dirt the lot for 12 grand, took a $3,000 down payment, which doubled my money in cash. And then the other thing that it did was it, um, it allowed me to finance the balance of $9,000 at 7% for them. Now your, your bank isn't giving you 7%, my real estate gives me seven to 10%. So that little deal, they've got 10 years to pay off the nine grand, and I've got $104.50 check coming from Marie Carmel from Haiti um, for 10 years. Now, $104 doesn't sound like much, but when you buy the lot for $1,200, you sell it for three grand down, go mm-hmm. buy two more. Finance those two, then go buy six more. Or go, you know, and you just keep scaling. And all of a sudden, you've got 50 or 100 checks coming in of between 100 and $400 a month on dirt. There's no, no plumbing, there's no lights there's, there's nothing to do on this property. And you've all your bills are taken care of. So the first thing that I tell my students to do is get your get your bills taken care of. So you don't have to have a job. Mm. And then look for unicorn deals in the single family space. So that's the way I run it. I started out as a single family, you know, churn and burn kind of fix and flipper. And I, I now do less of that, I, I do more dirt. And, and more or in less single family. The single families I do, I won't pay more than 40 cents on the dollar after rehab value. So if it's a $100,000 house, I need to buy it for 40 grand or less. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do in today's environment because banks sell foreclosures on the MLS for retail. So, so you, you're not finding good deals traditionally. And I, I, I buy mine through tax deeds. Um, which is what I specialize in, in order to get them that cheap. So that's my bread and butter. I've, I've deviated from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got a hair in my butt about, uh, so it was 1997, I was at a movie and I was feeling pretty good about life. I was, you know, a high six figure. Well, I was a six figure earner, um, and I was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And this is in 1987, there weren't a lot of 27 year olds making, you know, mid six figures. So I was making good money and I was in a movie with my wife and I said, we got to move. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just feel it in my gut, babe. we got to, we got to go to Samoa. We, we can't raise biracial kids who don't understand the culture of one of those races. So mm-hmm. I need to learn the Samoan culture. Our children need to learn the Samoan culture. We need to move to Samoa. She's like, what on earth would we want to go back there for? Her dad worked to get her out. Mm. And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to go to Samoa and figure out why I'm feeling this. And I just asked you to support me. She's like, I don't know if I'll support you. I said, well, okay, but I'm going to go. So I got on a plane and flew to Samoa and it felt so right, dude. It felt so right to just leave this country that I love. I'm, I'm a proud American, but it felt so good to get out of here. Mm. I did not have a clue what we would do, but I'm a surfer. I grew up surfing. I still surf and I'm in Samoa looking at the best waves I've ever seen in my life. And nobody surfed them. Mm. There were, there were just, just insane waves and they're empty lineups. Nobody surfing. I saw one guy with a surfboard in a week and this place just was, it was a surf Mecca. And I'm like, I, that's what I got to do. I got to bring my family down here and build a surf resort and tell surfers to come check this place out. It'll stimulate the economy. People will bring in money. They'll be able to stay here. I don't know. I'll have a few years. I'm going to ask my wife to give me three years. We'll build a resort and you know, then we'll move back. And um, I, she said, no. I said, would you pray about it? She said, no. And I said, why won't you pray about it? She says, because I already know you're right. It already feels right. I just don't want to go back. That place sucks.
2: Mm. It is
1: a very hard place to raise a family because if if there's only one flight in at the time, there's only one flight in a week. So if your kid gets sick, you can't get them off island for a week, right? So it's a scary place to raise a family or it was at the time, Um, but we did it. We went down, she gave me three years. We built that, uh, ended up on the cover of Surfer Magazine, not me surfing, I'm not that good, but um, the resort, Samoa, ended up on the cover. And we sold the resort um, as soon as we got the cover because that's when you want to sell. When people want it, you sell it. So um, that's wow. the only thing really outside of, of single family and a little bit of multifamily dabbling. But um, it's really the only weird one that I've done. Everything else has just been single, ugly single family homes that need fixing. I'm good mm-hmm. at that and dirt sexy dirt finance the dirt finance the dirt finance the dirt it's called a contract for deed. those of you who are looking at, at at doing it
0: what's the best way just just for time um jason i feel like we could we could go on for i still have a lot of questions but just well uh, maybe we'll do to...
1: maybe we'll do an episode two who knows
0: I, I think that could be a great idea. Um, for now, what is the best way for people to learn about you, get in touch, um, or just kind of learn about what you've done or doing uh, currently?
1: Um, realgooddeeds.com and RGD investors. And if on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, real good deeds. So
0: okay, yeah, awesome.
1: Th- that that's that's really what I what I do. And um, gosh, man, I had fun. I talked too much, but. No, you're Hopefully great. That man. Inspired but somebody.
0: You definitely did. You inspired me. So even even if this episode never gets aired, you 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 got it accomplished from one, pl- one place. But I'll just say this man, um man, you got a great way of delivering a message and telling a story and I just know it's going to help people. So I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. I know I'm I'm the last voice uh between you and a pickleball game, so we're going to just uh let you get to it and tear that up, but I just want to say thank you for coming on and best of luck in 2021. Thanks, man. God bless. All right, Jason. See you later, bud. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on -on one-on-one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at
2: johnjfarber@outlook.com.